Hi everyone, I'm Ruth Wilkinson on Unleash Your Goddess. Today we hear from Petula Stowell. She shares a heartwarming and compelling story of how she got through a violent upbringing from her mother and into an abusive marriage she fled with her children for her life. We hear how she got through when she lost her mother to Huntington's disease while struggling with her own health issues, but she kept moving forward to reclaim who she really was. When sadly, her only younger brother, who she had protected and loved and brought up, died in her arms from the same disease, Huntington's disease. But still, she kept moving forward and she reclaimed who she really is. It's such a a powerful story and I really thank her for coming on today. Thank you, Petulia, for coming on today. Let's jump straight in and hear your powerful story. Thank you, Petula. Thank you so much for coming on today. We really appreciate that. Um, You're very welcome. We're blessed to have you here and I'm really looking forward to hearing your story and your journey. It'll be, uh, I'm all excited. <laughs> Okay, probably more excited than I am about it. <laughs> what, do, what do you want to achieve from talking on the podcast today? Um, I Basically, I've reached a point in my life where it's important for women to support each other and to understand that we all have stories. None is greater or lesser than another. And if um, these stories of my life can help others to see that you can overcome, you can get through and you can live in joy, um, then, yes, that's, you know, I would be hoping that it would help someone. Your name is beautiful, Petulia. Petulia, Petula, yes. Petula named yeah. after. Um, I was named after Petula Clark. My father liked her voice and he used to listen to her when he was on board ship in the Navy. Oh, how many years was he in the Navy for? Oh, not too many. He um, had to come out of the Navy because of my mother, but uh, he did enjoy his time there. He did his, um, you know, there's conscription that they used to do. I think he probably spent about five years, six years in the Navy. Oh, but, wow. um, it, it was something he Indeed. loved. What did you want to be when you grew up? Mm, let me see. <laughs> I think most of all, when um, I'm very young, I wanted to be able to help people and to help people to uh, heal and realise that their world was much more than we saw. Do you have a happy childhood? <laughs> no, not really. Um, our household was very difficult. Uh, my mother was very abusive. Uh, verbally physically mentally and my brother and I grew up in fear of her Uh, my father was very rarely around that was his way of dealing with it and coping with her he would come home at night be gone first thing in the morning and how Um, did you deal with it my brother became very introverted yeah and uh, I became actually quite defiant of her but very quietly defiant because no was not a word you could use if we ever dared say no, um, then, yeah, it was all the worse for us. So I was I spent a lot of my time protecting my brother and looking after him, actually physically looking after him because she didn't like being home, so she went to work. 
So from about the age of seven, I was responsible for him. Um, he was five. And, um, wow. you know, I just basically I, I took over. She had me doing everything, literally everything. At that she age? Didn't like it. At that age? Yes. Yes. Yeah. She wow. didn't like being domestic. She yeah. didn't want to be. And she preferred to be working. She preferred to be with her friends at work and um, having fun, basically, which she seemed to always enjoy her job. So, yeah, you know, but she was never what you'd call a happy or content lady. And what got you outside to... the house? Outside the house, she was life and soul of the party. Yeah. Inside the house, very, very different story. A lot of times that happens, doesn't it? People, you just don't know what what goes on behind closed doors. No, you know. Um, and what got you through? Well, I was always extremely sensitive, and so I used my awareness to know how she was. So the minute the key went in the front door, I knew exactly how we needed to behave, what mood she would be in, and uh, you know, basically what we would need to do to attract her attention as little as possible which wasn't very easy we lived in a very tiny um house four four rooms a scullery a little tiny sitting room and two bedrooms with an outside toilet in the garden yeah there was no bathroom or anything yeah um and my when she went to work she'd leave us a list of jobs to do so housework preparing for dinner I always got what she considered female jobs and my brother got what she considered male jobs. Male which job. His list was about a quarter of mine. <laughs> but your childhood was, t- you didn't have a childhood. Not really. Not, when you went no. to school, was that a, an escape? Well, school was, a, yes. School was a release. School was yeah. an escape. Um, I wasn't the best scholar on the planet, but that's because I suppose that's where I could let my hair down a bit. and. Yeah feel a bit freer, be a bit me. When I was a teenager, I was a bit more of the class, class clown. Yeah. Um, I quite like making people laugh, so I used to mickey-take the, <laughs> the teachers. <laughs> I was uh, <laughs> I was well known for the mickey-taking. Um, but the very, very few people ever knew anything about us. We didn't dare say what was going on at home because, well, you just didn't. Did it ever come out? Or was that later on in years? It did not come out until much later in life. Um, well, it was a, I grew up, I was born in the mid 50s. And so I grew up during the late 50s, 60s. And I call it the 60s, really, because I was five at, in 1960. And so that was my growing up from the age of five. Oh, and wow. people didn't talk about it. You didn't, no. you didn't dare say anything um, bad or negative about your parents um, you were considered ungrateful it was the era of spoil the uh, spare the rod spoil the child yeah uh, so yes there was a, a an air of secrecy and my mother was very good at making sure it was very hidden she used to threaten if you said anything it'll be worse for you tomorrow yeah you know so you just kind of kept very very quiet and there was no child line in them days, was there? There was no no help no, no. at all. Or no one to turn to. No one, no one would have listened. If you'd said anything about your mother, no one would have listened. No. It would have been, be grateful you have your mother at home. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're lucky to have a mother and father who look after you. And 
all of that. So, no, you didn't say anything. No, no. Very quiet. Made you grow up very quick. Yes, I was very responsible, very, very quickly. I literally did everything, her shopping, the housework, the cooking, cleaning, you know. Yeah. I mean, I remember lugging the laundry down to the um, laundry shop where they, they would wash your bedding. And I remember carrying it down there and, and carrying it back when I was very, very young, sort of seven, eight years wow. of age. Wow. And it being so heavy that I could barely hold it up. Um, you know, I mean, it, was, yeah. it wasn't until I was a lot older that I found the courage to speak about it. And believe me, it took courage. Yes, yes, yeah. I bet because it took a lot. I... Well, there was a lot, a part of me that always felt as if I was um, in the wrong. As, you, right. as usual, in an abusive uh, that situation, yeah. you always feel as if you're the one that's in the wrong, not them. Yes. Yeah. Well, she used to say to me, if you weren't here, my marriage would be happy. Um, it's because of you, my marriage doesn't work, and all this sort of thing. And when you're eight, and someone's telling you that yeah. you shouldn't be there. And it's your fault. Everything about their life is wrong. Yeah. Um, you know, you believe it because you don't know any different. That's right. So, yeah, yeah and it was common. And that's lifelong scars, which I'm interested in the end, uh, you know, as we go along to find out how you healed from them scars. Um, yep. what, what age did you, did you leave home? I left home at 20. I got married, which, uh, you know, that's what you did in those days. You yes. didn't go and live with someone because, wow, yeah. Yeah, you, that made you a bad girl. <laughs> and I was the good girl. <laughs> I was such a good girl. And, oh, my God, do I wish I never was. <laughs> yeah, yes. Lots yeah. of my friends weren't good girls. And, I, you know, I didn't have the courage, I don't think. And I believed that I should be a good girl keep myself pure and all that um yeah but I really looking back yeah yeah the thing we're looking back we can't change the past can we only the future you know exactly uh, you kind of have to live with it but I'm looking back that when you was a child there was in them days there was nothing you could have done about it oh no you were raised very very much to be the wife the mother um good little girl at home who took care of everybody and of course I was doing that anyway yes so you know it was that was um common for me that was the well yes I knew all about that I'd been trained into it very quickly yeah she actually said that to me she said I'm going to make sure you know how to look after a man oh dear me yes Yes. (laughs) not much to be said about that no no No, I didn't altogether agree. Um, You know, I I was not one of those girls that thought, oh, yes, that's all my life's about. But, you know, you do get pushed down when you try to come up. Yes. Yeah. And I did even in my jobs that happened to me. So that's because of the stuff that happened as a child, isn't it? That's uh, that affects the whole your whole life. It always comes back to to when you're a child. and dealing sometimes, with sometimes older sometimes yes i yeah. think personally i was also um rather um stubborn and outspoken because i couldn't be that way at home but once i got out of home i could say what i thought and what i felt it didn't always go down very well um and i was very much uh, you know well 
there's equality. They passed a law. You can't treat me like this. That's you know, right. that's good. And I got laughed at. Literally, got laughed oh, at. Wow. Don't be silly. Don't be a silly girl. We know that's not going to last. And go and you know, girls like you won't have equality in the workplace. But just just be a good girl. You're going to get married and have oh. babies and do what you need to by yeah. looking after your family. And I actually got told that. So long. So long. about the 1970s. I didn't get married till I was well, until 1975 when I was 20. And then 1975, they still very, very, very yeah. much thought like that. Yes. That was your place in the world. Yeah. It's only yeah. just. It, I mean, it hasn't been that long, I don't think, since, you know, things have began to change more. No, um, no. Over the last 10 I years, I don't think maybe. the girls nowadays really get it. No, no. They look, at, they, they look at my generation and it's like, well, you old grannies, this is what you've left us. Yeah. And it's like, well, us old grannies, we're out there going, how That's dare right. you behave that way? That's how right. dare you treat me like that? Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, certainly. And all so, that went with it. Yeah. So do you think your marriage, it was an escape? Partly. I really did believe I loved him. I met, um, known him since I was... 13. He was the only boyfriend I ever had. Um, it was basically my mother kind of picked him out and decided that he was the right one. And when we got engaged when I was 18, she said to him, why are you bothering getting engaged? Why don't you just take her to Gretna and get married? I'll give you the money. You can Dear just go up there and marry her. <laughs> Dear me. So we didn't do that because I didn't want to get married at 18. No. Um, we got married at 20 because he'd said to me, you will marry me now or we never get married. And, of course, when you're in love and you're young, yes. and you do it. Yes. I should have just said, forget it then. <laughs> yes. yes. It was a disaster of a marriage. Yeah. How long was you married for? Uh, five years. I ran away. Did you have children? Yes, I have two beautiful children from that marriage. Oh, lovely, lovely. Um, but we ran for our lives. So, so again, what got you through that? Um, well, I'd always been part of the spiritualist church from the age of 15. And in those days, they did a lot of teaching from the platform and a lot of philosophy and guidance. So I was very much um into the, the philosophy side of it I had been trained as a healer when I was sort of 16 so I tried to apply a great deal of that to the way my life was um, but coming out of violence I mean the first 25 years of my life were violent yeah I went from a violent home to a violent marriage because you don't realize that that's what's happening no and he was fine till he put a ring on my finger and then he owned me. And because I wasn't a good little girl doing as I was told, he said to me, well, I'll have to do what your mother did and I'll have to keep you in line. And your answer was? Um, well, <laughs> I wasn't prepared to take it. Good, good, good. You know, um, I, I, um, I think that was sometimes part of the problem because I would come back at him yeah. I didn't cow down no. um but it escalated um I mean he put a, a loaded gun in my face um he strangled me and in fact it was when he strangled me 
that um, my little boy saved my life and that was the day we left. I had to get out because I knew he would kill me and I, all I could think of was my babies. And I think that gives us the strength to, to leave, isn't it? When the children, when it's, you know, when you can see how it's affecting the children, when you can see, you know, for the sake of your children rather than for yourself. Yes. Well, I went to a refuge. So I I spent five months in a refuge with the children in one little room. Um, When I finally let anyone know where I was, which was about three or four days later after we arrived, my mother very kindly turned around and told me I was disgusting and a liar. And how could I take the children away from their father? Yeah. I've made my bed and I should lie on it. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, wrong. So I knew I was doing the right thing, How but was it was extremely difficult. Was that in the 70s? So, was that in the 70s? Um, it was uh, 1980. 1980s. How was the police towards you? Because I know well, nowadays I, I had better. huge, yeah, no, I had huge difficulty there because he was a policeman. Yeah. Oh, I And um, when I tried to report him one time, um, after one episode, I mean, there were many. I mean, you know, I'm not sure this you could go into it all. Yes, yeah. It's yeah. Abuse is, and violence is never on just one thing no. or whatever. Um, I did phone them up and try to get them to arrest him. And I got told he's one of ours. We won't do that. We stick together. Um, I phoned Scotland Yard <laughs> and told them. <laughs> But it was disgusting that women like me, just because we're married to these idiots, can't get help. Um, well, if you give us his number and his name, we'll see if we can. I said, you've got to be kidding. I'll never get through the front door. No, that's right. And the minute he finds that out, you'll be burying me. And I said, what do you want? You wait till he's killed me before anyone will do anything to save that's me, it. babies. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, we did end up running. Can, it was a difficult time. Yeah. Looking back, what do you think was the signs that somebody should look out for at that at such a young age when you think it's love, when you think it's what's the signs they should look out for to say, no, get out now? Well, I think a lot of it is about very subtle control. Um, I don't like you in that. I like you in this. And, um, you know, why are you wearing that much makeup? We're only going here or we're only doing that. Uh, you know, why are you talking to him? Um, what have you been doing? What have you spent your money on? Yeah. And when you're very young, those can seem very innocent questions. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, you know, you should be sat with me. You shouldn't be talking to those people. And you just think, well, you know, you're young, you're in love. And you don't, I didn't know any different. I mean, my, my parents' marriage was nothing to go on. Yeah. They did nothing but argue about me. And it was a constant, you know, constant arguments and me always came into it somewhere they were arguing about me and so the whole thing for me I think was very mixed up I had no idea what a good relationship should be yes yeah um he was always very sorry afterwards of course as they are of course of course I promise I won't do it again and blah 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 took me a little while to realize that was rubbish yeah. Um, yeah. But I was only there for five years and I never went back. That's he begged good. me. Good. He begged me and begged me and I never went back. I said to him, 
do you think I've just been through what I went through and against everybody who kept trying to get me back to you to come back now? You know, I've been treated like scum. I've been talked to as if I was the worst thing on the planet. I've been humiliated in the social security office when I went to try and get some help because you had to pay rent to be in these places. Yeah. And I had no money. He would give me none, not even yeah. for the children. And I stood in this hall with all these people sat around waiting their turn to talk to these people behind the screen. And this woman said to me, oh, you're one of those battered women, are you, from down the road in the refuge? And my babies are sat in their push chair and I'm stood there through about two or three days after having got away from him and just about saved my life I could not talk because he strangled me and I didn't know I wanted the world to swallow me up and hide yeah. me somewhere yeah it's so different very very days. difficult yeah it's so much I went easier to, now I went to see a doctor whilst I was there because obviously you I can't say I just coped I didn't yeah um you know it was a very difficult thing I tried very hard to keep normality for my children so my son went to nursery school we walked three miles there and three miles back to go to nursery school and all that I tried to keep it as normal as possible for them but I went to see this doctor and she was the most wonderful woman I had ever met in my life at that time yeah her name was Dr Una Kroll and she used to have a radio program where she talked about the issues of women and violence and all sorts of things around women. And I was talking to her and I was crying and she said to me, of course you feel awful. Of course you feel absolutely terrible. You have no energy. You, you feel depressed. Of course you do, my dear. Aww. You should not be in the situation you're in. You have to understand you're a very brave girl. You're very courageous. Uh, you saved yourself and your babies. Of course you feel awful. And I'm looking at her thinking, she's agreeing with me. Everybody powerful. else has told me yeah. I've got to get yeah. on with it. Yeah. Yeah. I, there's something wrong oh, with amazing. me. Yeah. And she said, I'm not going to give you pills, dear. You don't need pills. I'm going to give you a tonic. And you go get this tonic. And it'll help you to have the energy to take care of your babies oh. and to get things going, to get your new life started. And I just sat there amazed. And I walked away and I went back um, to this place with my children. And that was a turning point. Something in my brain went, it's okay. It's okay for me to be yeah. like this. I'm doing the right thing. Yeah. So yeah, Amazing. that gave me strength. That was that was brilliant, isn't it? Just that, just someone there to say, I understand. Yes, I understand. Everybody yeah. else was telling yeah. me that I should go back to him, and you know, I was going to make life very difficult for myself, single mother. Um, given the circumstances I'm in, no one would want to know. You'll never find another man because you've got these children. Blah blah. And I'm like, I just want to find a home and be peaceful with my babies. Yeah, yeah. You know, I yeah. want to feel safe. Yeah, no, I understand. Yeah. What got you into the spiritual side of things? Um, well, that was very interesting. That was actually my mother. Um, when I was 15, she'd been going to a spiritualist church with some of her friends. And I wanted to go, but I knew better than to ask. Yeah. Because, you know, you just didn't want, I couldn't be seen to be doing the same things as her. 
But one day, not one of her friends could go with her and she wouldn't go anywhere on her own. So she looked at me and she went, do you want to come? And inside I'm going, yeah. (laughs) And I just went, oh, yes, I can come with you if you'd like. (laughs) So I went down there. But I can tell you now, Ruth, I walked through the doors into this um, purpose-built church. And I walked through the hall in and the outer hallway they were all greeting it was lovely very friendly but I walked into the inner part the actual church and it was like someone put their arms around me and held me and went welcome home oh and I and I actually could hear those words in my head welcome home and I just felt at home yeah and I felt so safe there and then when the medium started um working and they were giving their address and the philosophy and everything. I was like, wow, wow, this is, this is what I, I, this is helping me understand what I've been getting, what's been happening all these years. I get this. I get this. Um, and interestingly, a lot of the people around my mother who thought she was wonderful. Oh, aren't you lucky? She's such a lovely lady. Yes, she's lovely. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just agree. Yeah. 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 Um, said, oh, you will come back, won't you, dear? We're so likely, lovely to see you. We'd like you to come again because it's nice to see youngsters here. So she couldn't get away from that. So I went every week after that. Oh, lovely. Oh, that was nice. So what happened? Yeah, I went every week. Sorry? Because something happened spiritually as a child. There was something watching over you, do you feel? Yes, there was a um, there was someone who used to stand in our bedroom and he, um, he used to talk to me and teach me and guide me and help me. Um, he he always used to say to me, I'm here to protect you and look after you both. Do you believe that and was I an remember, angelic angel? Do you think that was an angel? Or? Um, I always called him my guardian my t- and my spirit teacher. Yeah. Um, he's still around today, still there if I want to connect with him and he's guided me all my life in my spiritual work and the things that I've learned um but I remember saying to him one day she's going to kill me I know it and he said she will never kill you we will not allow it but you must remember she's a very very unhappy lady and it means you have to love her all the more because she's so unhappy but yeah. we will never, ever allow her to kill you. Yeah. Did she ever apologise to you later on in life? No, no, no. No. That's a shame, no. isn't it? That is a shame. I th- well, she reached um, an age where, um, because there, we have a genetic disease in the family, she was not able um, to have that sort of conversation with. Right. And therefore, anything like that would never have would never have been resolved with her. Yeah. Did so, you did you move on? Uh, did you get married again? Or I did. Yes, to a, a lovely man. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, it was for a while. Yeah, and then it turned. <laughs> well, no, there were other things. Um, I won't ever say anything negative about him. Yeah. Uh, 
he was a lovely man. Um, we're still good friends. It just didn't we're work still, out. No, we can still make each other laugh and yeah. what have you. Personally, I think um, he's a rescuer. And, you know, rescuers are lovely people. He is the only man I've ever felt 100% safe with. But it's not a reason to stay with somebody because they make you safe. Yeah. Um, but he's he's very irresponsible. <laughs> and all the time he was rescuing me, it was fine. But yeah. when I didn't need rescuing, it got a little bit difficult. And I yeah. went through some difficult times whilst we were together, which was very... Um, made it difficult for him to know how to do things, how to help me, because I didn't know how to help me. Yeah, I'd had a total hysterectomy at the age of 29. And I was, you know, I mean, when you have everything removed in one go, your body is in this awful place. Yeah, And I didn't know what was happening to me. And I couldn't have hormone therapy because of the nature of what was wrong when I had to have the hysterectomy. Um, so yes, it was a rather difficult, difficult time in life. Yeah, I was going to move on to. I was going to say that was my next question. Uh, was about your health issues. I know you you had health issues and have. Um, yes, my health issues. I suppose started from very young with my throat. I always got sore throats, tonsillitis, and every other litis you can get in your th- mouth and throat. Um, I died having my first child, um, had a near-death experience. And it kind of went downhill after having my babies. I wasn't apparently built to have babies. I'm lucky to have the two I have. Then I had this hysterectomy um, and the surgeon said, he apologized to me. He said, I'm very sorry. I've had to do a very big operation. Um, He said, but I was given no choice. You had a precancerous condition on, on top of what else was going on. And so we had to do more. Yeah. And my health <clears throat> was broken, basically. My physical well-being and that. Um, Do you think that was, was down to your emotional? Because you, when you was a child and you're married? And I'm like sure that. it added to it, yes. Yeah. Uh, because I was always very um, trying to be very male. I was very, yeah. very comfortable with my male energy. Boys were looked on as if they were the wonder of the world and girls, well, you were just the drudge. Um, so, you know, if I was as good as the males, then I'd be okay. Yeah, yeah. So most of my problems were related into being female. And, yes, my emotional um, state and my mental health and everything yes definitely had a very large part to play in my physical health yeah probably healthier today than I ever was when I was younger that's Mm. good was you always close to your brother sorry sorry yes very very close to my brother yeah and um 2014 yeah he passed away in my arms Yes. Well, we have Huntington's in the family. That's what my mother had. Sadly, my brother got it as well. Um, And, uh, yeah, that was a very difficult one for me. And although I know he's fine, I know where 
you know where he is sort of thing he you know he's he's in this life that he's he's very happy with and what have you um there are you know there are times i miss him desperately and most of the time now i'm okay but every now and again it hits in it's going to yeah i think yeah. grief grief hits people in different ways doesn't it well he became my protector when he was 15 that was the last time my mother beat me when I was 17, and he hauled her off and said to her, don't ever do that again. And she, it's none of your business. It's between her and me. And he said, it is my business. She's my sister. And you want to hit something, here you go. And he put his chin out and went, touch that, and I'll floor you. Good, good. Um, so yeah. from that point on, he became my protector. Yeah. He was yeah. big enough by then. Um and so we always looked out for each other. We always looked after each other. And and what got you through? Was it the spiritual side? Yes. I always that. said that my thread to spirit and sometimes was like this tiny, weeny little string. And other times was like this lovely, great big rope. But I was always pulling it on and pulling me forward in life, pulling me up from the difficult places I found myself in at times um, but I was always holding on to that thread of spirit that I knew that I was more than my physical and that inside me was the true me and I had to keep her growing and healing and being there for other people that the things I've learned because I've chosen the path of service to others I could use those experiences to help others to move forward. I hope that doesn't sound really kind of holier than thou and all no, of that, but that no. was that was the thread all the time through my life was this, you know, the spirit that we are, um, the divine part of us that is so, so much more real and bigger and important. Um, and doesn't matter how difficult life gets, I always try to look at it from all sides and the higher element of the spiritual side. Yeah. Uh, doesn't mean that I don't haven't had my times of depression. I've had depression. I've been very low. Um, you know, I've had to have major ops. I've had to kind of go to see counselors, psychologists. I've done all of these things that you do to take care of yourself. I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia, so I've had to fight my way through that. Um, oh, but I have, that. yeah. Well, same. I have this yeah. fighting spirit. I'm one of these mm. people that, you know, I actually got angry when the rheumatologist told me what it was. I yeah. said, "How dare you? That just means muscle pain. You're you're making it small, <laughs> and it it's not. No, 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 no. It's not. No, we get yeah. that. It's just <laughs> the umbrella term." Um, but I've yeah. always had that belligerence within me that said, Do you know what? I'm not going there. That's right. I'm not having that. That's right. Yeah, um, same here. I've seen, I've saw people in these little um, mobile trolley things. Yes. And one lady, I asked her, why are you in that trolley? You, I've seen you walking around. She said, I've got fibromyalgia. And I looked at her and I, I thought, won't. I'm not going there. No. That's not no. happening to yes, me. Same here. Because I've got, I've got chronic are... fatigue as well. And yeah. uh, I'll see them in the in the will and fair play, you know. If, if that's fine, you know. Well, that's their choice, me, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Not give up. everybody can can I'm actually get up. out of that, but no. you know, I've 
some days my legs don't want to work. Yeah, yeah. You know, some days I'm actually walking along the road going, just get moving. That's it. Right leg move, left leg move. Just keep moving. You're not going to stop. I'm not having it. Yeah, positivity as well, isn't it? A positive mindset, I think, helps. Absolutely. But also watching your diet, which I have to say I'm not always good at, but hey, um, you know, I'm I'm no saint and it's no miracles. You have to work your way through things. Yes. Yeah. For me, without my deeper understanding of life from my perspective, I don't expect it to be the same for everybody. And I don't even think that my children should see their lives in my terms. They don't. They they have their own yeah. ideas about things. Uh, but for me, it's those things that are important. Yeah. And it's those things that have made my life, um, if you like, fulfilling. It, They've helped yeah. me keep moving. Yeah, most certainly. You know, and that's, um, you know, that's the importance yeah. for me. Your mum passed in 1996. Um, yes. How was that for you? What feelings did you have when she passed? Well, once they diagnosed her with the Huntington's and my father delivered the message to me, he he called me down to visit him. I've got something important to tell you. So then he started quoting facts and figures at me because that was his way of dealing with life. You don't get emotional. Um, And actually, when he told me she had this genetic disease and I was, you know, I could have a 50-50 chance of having it and my children could have, you know, a quarter of that chance of having it and all the rest of it. My brain went, she shat on me one more time. I was so angry. (laughs) I was just like, if she was in this room, she wouldn't have to worry about it because she'd be dead. (laughs) Even though the other part of me knew she couldn't have helped that. I mean, you know, it, we didn't know where it came from, but it was obviously within the family or she wouldn't have it. Yeah. Do you, um, feel, do you feel you forgave her for, for everything? Oh, yes, you let yeah. go? yes, yes, yes. Because from that point, I went, do you know what? She's already had this for 17 and a half years. Yeah. My children were 16 and 17. So I had the testing done because they had big choices to make in life at that age if I had it. Yeah. Um, So, you know, no, my brain went, you have now to heal all that crap from your life with her before she leaves this world or you're going to have a real awful job on your hand. Yes. Yeah. And that's a hard thing to do, isn't it? That's a hard thing to do for some people. I'd rather put well, the head uh, in the sand, yeah. you know, but. It, no, it I, I, I had to do it. I, I And I set myself this, that I have to do it before she leaves because I did not want to carry the burden of my child emotions, my feelings towards her, my anger, resentment, and any of those things. I was visiting her every week. I was keeping an eye on her. She came to stay with us. I've been doing all the caring of her for years and years and years, which also added to the ending of my marriage. Um, But, you know, I just did not want to carry all this other stuff around. No, no. 
So I literally went at it like a bull in a china shop. And I do not recommend people do that. (laughs) (laughs) I turned myself inside out, upside down, whatever each way you could go. Yeah, I want it all done now. When I get to my council, I'm like, come on, let's just do it. I want it all now. No, Ruth, can't. (laughs) I did everything. Yeah. I started, I did some training courses. I learned different modalities of healing. I um, saw counselors, psychotherapists who all of them kept saying to me, Well, you're doing what we'd suggest. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> um, I did inner child work. Um, oh, believe me, I went through the whole thing. I and went which through one worked for you. Which all of it. All of it. Oh, that's good. It, oh, good. I had reflexology, I had massage, I had shiatsu. <laughs> uh, you know, I was um, I was doing things like Tai Chi and what have you, but then I'd always been doing things like that. Yeah. Uh, swimming, I've always been a swimmer. We were swimming before we were five, my brother and I. My father insisted on that. So, you know, I just literally went all out in all sorts of different angles, all sorts of different ways, some better than others. Uh, I think you have to find what works for you. Yes, yeah. There is no one way or a number of ways. You put a formula together and it works for people. You have to find what's right for you. Yes. I can honestly tell you, Ruth, and this is the God's honest truth, the day she passed away, when I got the phone call, um, we're very sorry your mother passed away today. And I went, thank you for letting me know. Yeah. I knew she was going to go that day because it was Easter Sunday. It was six days after her 63rd birthday. I knew she was going and I knew she'd go on Easter Sunday because, well, you know, Jesus resurrected on the third day and I could see her thinking along that line. That would be good. (laughs) That's That's how she was at times. Um, And it was like someone lifted this huge weight off my shoulders And in front of me, I physically saw a golden circle move all the way around and complete. And I knew it was done. I had no tears. The tears would have been for me, not her. Yeah. Because I cannot describe to you how horrendous Huntington's disease is. And she went right, right to the very end. Oh, God. So it was awful to watch. It was the most devastating thing to watch. But... She was free. She was somewhere wherever that she would have imagined herself to be. Yeah. Uh, she was free from all, everything going on. Not that she'd been aware of any of it for years and years. And I was now free as well. It was complete. Whatever our life together was about was finished. Yeah, yeah. And. I was grateful um, for her in my life. I was grateful for what she taught me. I was grateful for her being able to teach me the capacity to love unconditionally, to forgive unconditionally, to forgive myself, to learn to love myself, and to have compassion for the things people find themselves experiencing in life. And I learned all of that through my life with her as much as I did with any of the other things that happened to me. 
she was my greatest teacher. Yeah. That's lovely. Because that's lovely that that's you can That's a say difficult that. thing to come to. Yeah. When, yeah. when someone is, well, she was very abusive. She would humiliate me at the turn of a hat. I mean, <laughs> she was, she was very good at it. <laughs> you yeah. know, I mean, she'd be, we'd be talking and she'd come out with something and it was usually detrimental. Um, she called me a prostitute to um, the mother of my second husband um, at one point. You know, you shouldn't let him get involved with her. She's like a father. She's no better than a prostitute. He was the only second man I'd ever known in my life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She knew that, but hey, you that's, know. That's so, lovely that you've letting gone... all that go. Yes, yeah, and that's lovely that you that you faced that and you did that. You know, well, you know so many... what? I look at my life there as history. Yeah. I don't get emotional about it. People ask me why I might laugh. And it is because I'm able to look at it and to see the absurdity of how some of that played out. Yes. Yeah. You know, when I was very young, no, it wasn't like that. It was painful and devastating and you know it ripped my soul but as a grown woman with my own children and doing the healing work and looking at her life and looking at it from what happened to her in life and looking at what she had to deal with and who she was because in essence she was never an adult she was always a child She'd never grown up. That was one of the things about her that I realized in this healing journey I took was that she was never really able to interact in the world as a woman. Yeah. Yeah. She was always the child. Um, There was something about her that could not move beyond that. And the Huntington's didn't help, but it wasn't the reason she was like that with me. Yeah. Yeah, a lot her. of people have asked me that. Do you think it was the no, it wasn't no. the disease. No. That came later. No, it was how her life turned out because she fell pregnant for me and had to marry my father. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the crux of the problem between her and I. Yeah. Um, but because of her personality ups and downs, dis, you know, um, she couldn't cope with it. She was like a, a, a spoilt child who just did things to get their own way. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's so, lovely that you were able to, and when she passed, you know, you'd 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 come to terms with it all and being able to forgive, yes. and, which is lovely. Do you do therapies now? Do you? I, if I need to, I do do things to take care of myself. I'm, you know, I don't believe that you're ever kind of just well. You don't need to do anything anymore. Yeah. Um, I'm not one of those. Um, I don't need to work on her. You know, it's like that's complete. No, that's done. Yeah. But yeah. there are other things that have been in my life that, yes, there are still things that I need to work with. And there's a lot of scars left from some of the things I've experienced um, that maybe I will never move beyond. You know, I'm 66 and I just accept that maybe there are some things that. I will learn to cope with in a different way. Yeah. But you run healing courses, don't you? And you've got a crystal I shop? I do. 
Is that right? That's right. Yes, that's Lovely. where I am now. Lovely. That's can what you... you see on the wall behind that's me. Beautiful. These are some of the things that's we a sell. Nice painting that is. Who who did the painting behind you on the me. wall? Oh, that's me. lovely. Oh, you do art as well. Amazing. Yes. That's lovely. So yes. what what got you into that? And what do you do? I always did artwork. That was yes. always one of my things. Yeah. Um, the shop is the balance to my spiritual work. You do not make a fortune giving healing and readings or, you know, very few people make a lot of money that yeah. way. Yeah. Um, I've been told for decades now I should write a book. Yes, you should. <laughs> and I've always said this, Ruth, I would love to write a book where people felt happy, not one where they would want to slit their throat halfway through. Maybe call it letting go or something. <laughs> it's all about forgiveness yeah, but, and letting go. <laughs> but if you, you know, you have to write about some of your experiences and it's like, you know what? I don't really want to, you know, I live them and I don't want to inflict that on anyone else. You don't, you don't. <laughs> but there's lots of people even now that are living that as a child. Yes, exactly. Living through that, they're living through that in, in abusive relationships, you know. Yes. And they haven't got so, the strength to get out. But by hearing, you know, you took that step and you left. And look at look at you now, you know. Yeah. You could still be well, in that marriage. I see that. But I think, you know, it's – I'm very good at talking. I'm not very good at writing. Yeah. I don't know if you've discovered any of this. I mean, for me personally, if I write something down, it never actually reads the way I want it to. <laughs> no. And I look at it and I think, oh my God, what happened there in my brain? That sounded so different. <laughs> yeah. So I probably need totally. someone to write it for me. That's it. Because <laughs> yeah, it really doesn't. It just is like, whoa, that's no, <laughs> not good. That doesn't translate. <laughs> So what's the name of your crystal shop and where are you? Willow based? Haven. And it's Willow it? Haven in Horsham, in Horsham Black oh. Horse Way. Oh, lovely. It's lovely yes. there in Horsham as well, isn't it? How long yes, have you had it this shop? it has its moments. <laughs> How We've been here like just over six years. Oh, nice. That's nice. And do you do tarot yes. from there and healing? Do you do all yeah, of it we there? do all, all sorts of things from here, yes. I love I'm it. teaching tonight, so I'm teaching a crystal healing course tonight. Lovely. Okay. Well, what I'll do at the end, I will obviously put up all, all the info and all of your page or your website. Yeah, lovely. Yeah, we have up. a Facebook and a website. Lovely. So, yeah, lovely. lovely. If I have, we're even on Instagram. Woo! <laughs> if you give me all them details, have you already given me them details? I have I think, no idea. Okay. Okay. I'll have a look afterwards and I'll message you. We're I'm just, not very good at that side of things. It's my daughter set up the Instagram oh, and the Facebook. Amazing. Oh, brilliant. It helps. It certainly helps. Yeah. I guess well, she works there. with me. Oh, oh she lovely. Actually, she actually works with me part time. We we kind of work together in the shop and, you know, oh, balance each other out. That's lovely, isn't yeah. it, to have that? Yeah, that's it lovely. is. We're yeah. going to move on to some quick fire questions. So I'll yeah, give you absolutely a question fine. Yeah. And just give me a quick answer. Sometimes I'll, I'll try it quick. I'll, I'll try and make it quick. Um, well, as no, you gathered, I'm a bit of a chatterbox. That's fine. What's on your bedside table? Books. What, what's and a few crystals. Book? Oh, lovely. And what's your favourite book that you're reading at the moment? Um, I think one by Wayne Dwyer. What's it called? I can see, I can see clearly now. 
Um, I've got a number of his books and this one I can see clearly now is actually about his life. It's a semi-autobiographical one, really. And he starts from when he was very, very young. But the I, I can see clearly now is he adds a little passage where he can see the experience as to how it helped him, what he learned from it, and how he grew through that experience. And I like that format. Yeah, so I think if yeah. I was ever going to write a book, that kind of format, Sounds good to me. Yes. As does. I say, someone would have to write it because I yes. couldn't. But... <laughs> Maybe your daughter could. <laughs> no, 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 no. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> what... no, she wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> what do you need to feel fulfilled in life? Not a lot. Okay. Two songs oh, you can't live without. Um, well, I was thinking about this one, and I think Imagine by John Lennon, absolutely. And um, I don't know, I think Mozart, something yeah. by Mozart. Yeah. How would you like to be remembered? Um, well, she was nutty as a fruitcake, but she was okay, really. <laughs> I like it. That may well be the best way to, to do it. My family, I'm as weird as they, as they come, um, so they probably have a more um, flamboyant way of describing that. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you find inspiration? All around me, literally. I watch the birds. Um, I watch nature. I love watching people. It's the most amusing thing. And listening to people, you know, the people who come into the shop and they talk to us. And when we can hug, we hug everybody. No. Um, it's just, I just don't know. I, I think I find just about all of it inspiring these yeah. days. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's, yeah, it's wonderful. And what makes you smile? Similar thing, isn't it, really? things really and um I think I'm often I often smiling inwardly to myself because I think I'm very blessed I have wonderful children they're wonderful grown-ups wonderful with their their own families they're kind loving generous people um they're you know they're, I don't know, it's, it's difficult for me because their children are wonderful human beings. They're all very caring, very, very kind. And when I look at them and, and I look at who they've all become, who my children have become and how their children are growing and who they're becoming, and I look back to what my brother and I went through and I think, wow, come such a long yeah. way and I'm yeah. so grateful I didn't get it all right we never Far do from it. no no there's never Far a manual for bringing up children is there no no and with my background of parenting myself and my brother and you know not having a clue about yeah. anything very naive very young my kids still think I'm very naive and gullible uh, <laughs> innocent you know and all this but I mean my childhood was like a prison we never got out we never went out very much to play with other children or anything like that but when I look at my children I think 
you know what? You've come a hell of a long way. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. And for me, they're the main thing I've achieved out of anything else that might have done in my life. Yeah. They are my greatest achievement is my yeah. children. All three of them are wonderful. Yes, yeah. And it's hard sometimes watching them go through their journey, isn't it? It's, it it's is. hard, it's yeah. Sometimes. And it you know you can't change it for them. No, you can't no. do it from their own yeah. story yeah but then you see them bloom from like heartache yeah. that they're going through and things they're going through you know you're always there for them and you know but then you see them bloom and become spiritual and, and things like that and it's really nice to see. Being, they are I mean my children are all in their 40s yeah yeah um and I've told them that I'm disowning them now because they're too old I can't possibly have children that age yeah. <laughs> My, I've got four, I've got four children. My youngest, they're all in the thirties, uh, but my youngest, I think he's thirty this year or next year, so they will all be in their thirties soon. And I'm like, no, not too young for that. <laughs> have children that age and grandchildren. How did that happen? Did that happen? Grandchildren, yes, yeah, same, <laughs> same here. <laughs> they're a delight, though, aren't they? They are a delight. Oh, they are. <laughs> I'm very when, proud of all three of them. Yes, yeah, that's lovely. When in life have you felt most alone? In the, my relationships. A lot of times people, they, you know, you can be more, even more alone in a marriage, a relationship that you're unhappy in, you know, uh, than, than being single. Yes, when, it, when they go wrong or, yeah. you know, I think that's probably the loneliest place to be. It is. Sometimes it is. being on your own is easier. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. I agree with you on that one. What advice would you give to someone wanting to pursue your career? Work hard. And go Be to, humble. Yeah. And go to as many Be things as you can, therapies, and try things out first? Or Well, I don't know because my feeling is it's a very personal journey. I mean, I'm a trained masseuse, reflexologist and all that as well. Not that I do much of that these days. My hands don't stand it. But uh, I, I feel people should follow what they feel in their heart is right. But if they're willing to work hard and, I mean, work on themselves and be humble and open and always trying to find the love in your heart, that's the best you can do. You know, it doesn't matter who comes to see me or what's going on. I always try also to see what they're teaching me. Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't matter what they're there for. Even in a sitting, they're teaching me. What am I learning from them being in my space? Um, and that, for me, is probably the best way to grow. Yes, yeah. No, that's a lovely way to think of it. Yeah, to always be humble and yeah, and to always learn from others. You can always learn from others. And the you? one thing which people don't say to anyone else is, "What do you think you're learning from that?" Because I can't tell you how many times I've wanted to flatten someone's nose, and they've done that to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not a meek sort of person. <laughs> not, not the person to stand in a corner and go, oh, I don't know. Oh, I know it'll be all right. It's like, don't come out with such crass rubbish. You know, <laughs> life is shit. So how are we going to deal? With it? That's it. That's right. Yeah. 
<laughs> I'm afraid I'm not a very ladylike spiritual being. <laughs> You're lovely. <laughs> if you could turn back time to your 18-year-old self, what would you tell her? Um, that's the last question. Okay, pack a bag and fucking get out of there. <laughs> <laughs> On the, your own. <laughs> the thing is, though, you believe in your brother, wouldn't you? I guess with that. Um, yes, but at that age, he he was looking after me and, and taking care of me and more able to look after himself than I was able to look after me. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? I would never go back to, to there. I would probably tell her to leave home and don't look back, but I wouldn't have had my lovely children. And as much as it was difficult having them, and when I had my son, as I say, I died and I met this wonderful being who told me why I had to come back because I didn't want to, um, I would never be without them. Yeah, yeah. So whatever we go through, we go through for reasons, sometimes way beyond our understanding, but we must always look for the gift. That was one of the things my spirit teacher taught me always look for the gift in every situation you encounter because there always is one. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. No, Not always easy no. to find. No, that's but there right. Is. There is, that's right. Yeah. No, that's lovely. i question I've got. Are you single now or are you in a relationship? Um, I am single. Um, the person I share a home with would think we're together. <laughs> <laughs> it's companionship no we were we are not now oh, we are not now. <laughs> no, um, it's only because I haven't the means to move that I haven't okay okay but it's complicated it is very complicated um you know friendship is fine and I try to maintain a friendship and um, a balance of kindness. But if I had the means to leave and be able to take care of myself financially, I would. Yes, yes, yes. You know, at my age, the government have... Inf I think you know, people don't realise, I've been homeless three times in my life, and people don't realise that when you get older, it's, it's much harder. It's harder. Same here. Just walk situation and yeah. go that's okay. I'll bounce back yeah because our society is not kind if you can't take care of yourself no. treat you very badly yeah and I'm too old to sleep in a cardboard box yes yeah yeah you no know, I've been homeless I know what it feels like I just cannot go there now no I understand yeah it's a very deep-seated fear yeah so all when I have a roof over my head and I can tolerate it and I have the means to get out and be me, which is here. Yeah. This is tree. Um, fine. You know, we've yeah. reached an understanding now, so we're not interacting in a way that would trigger any buttons. That's good. That's good. And you're still smiling. Oh my That's god, yeah. <laughs> That's great. We've <laughs> been having a sense of humor because actually, if I was an alien looking at me and how I behave sometimes, <laughs> if I'm how the hell I managed to survive this long. <laughs> oh, it's been lovely talking to you. It and really has. Thank you, thank you so much for coming on today. And oh, it's uh, been yeah, I, d I don't want to go, <laughs> but I'm gonna have to 
Wow, I was so moved by Petulia's life journey. And I know that you have been too. A big heartfelt thank you to Petulia for sharing her story today. I know it helps so many others that are struggling. If you look up Willow Haven Crystal Shop on Facebook or online, you will find out more about Petulia and her shop and life-changing courses that she offers. Her info will also be on our Facebook page, Unleash Your Goddess. Blessings to you all. Looking forward to our next podcast. See you there.